Brainwave number three. Before any speech, power pose like the Wonder Woman or Wonder Man that you are. Hello and welcome back to the Cognitio podcast. I'm Lily. Good to be back. I'm Chloe. Yeah, back for our third episode. Ooh, I'm pumping them out. I know, look at us go. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chloe, how have you been? Yeah, pretty good. Um, went to another job interview, um, and I, if you guys listened to the previous co- podcast, if you haven't, go and do that now. Um, we talked about cognitive dissonance and how asking a favour can actually make someone like you more. Um, so I asked for a pen at my previous interview. How did it go? Um, I didn't get it, the job. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I felt good at the end of the interview. And yeah. I think she liked me, but, you know... Maybe the job just wasn't the right fit, but they absolutely adored you. Maybe. I mean, it could just be that it was up to, like, I don't know, the fact that I lived in Bustleton and they Maybe. wanted me to start sooner. Anyway, besides the point. Besides what about the point? you? Yeah, I'm great. Um, I've just been... I've handed my lit review in for feedback, so Woo-hoo! that's exciting. I know. And I actually went to a conference, I think it was last week. Oh, yeah. Time is getting away from me. Yes, it was last week. Fantastic. <laughs> what was, was the conference about? Um, well, it was the SWAN conference, which is the WA Symposium of Neuroscience Conference. Oh, say that again. Slower. The Western Australian Symposium of Neuroscience Conference. Mm. I know. Um, <laughs> Super prestigious. It is. My supervisor actually is one of the main organisers of the event, so wow. it was, you know, it was really nice. But there were so many amazing people there. It was mind-blowing. Oh, it just, it kind of, I love going to conferences, but it also kind of makes me feel a little bit inadequate seeing all of these very intelligent people present so well. It's just... It's very invigorating. I love conferences and yes. things like that. I've also recently been to one. Um, it's a competition called Pitch at Palace, um, which is basically um, co- a competition run by the Duke of York to help entrepreneurs network and so on and so forth. So my boss was involved in that um, and he pitched his business idea. Um, and I was just so impressed by the confidence of all of these people in presenting their pitches. And I was just thinking like... How can I be more confident when I speak publicly? Because at the end of the day, it's terrifying getting up in front of a room of people and just yabbing away. It really is. And I was watching lots of three-minute theses, and I, I just sat there like, how... And not only are they managing to just summarise their theses in three <laughs> minutes, but they're doing like a really good job of and conveying it. And you get it. nervous for them? Yes. Like, you get so involved. It's like, so... I, like, the passion behind me. Like, if someone, like, stutters, I'm like, you can do it. <gasps> do it. You can do it. <laughs> well, you know, it's no surprise that about 85% of the entire population actually experiences some level of anxiety and fear around public speaking, which is pretty sad. It causes increases in blood pressure, increases in adrenaline and epinephrine and cortisol, which are stress hormones, and increased heart rate and cardiac output. So basically, you get really stressed out, as if a bear was going to attack you, which seems ridiculous. You're not going to die. Public speaking also causes activation in the amygdaloid complex and the prefrontal cortex of the brain to people who have a fear of public speaking. So this is the kind of areas of the brain that are involved in the fear response. So the amygdaloid complex is the amygdala, which is an almond-shaped structure deep within the temporal lobe, and it plays a role in emotional processing. But it's the key structure responsible for fear. Electrical stimulation of the amygdala evokes a fear and anxiety response in humans. So it's highly unlikely 
uh, highly unlikely, highly likely that this would be involved in um, yeah. a fear response for public speaking. And the prefrontal cortex is the very, very front part of your brain, and it plays a role in personality and decision making. Um, and it also has a role in modulating the conscious experience of emotion, such as work and also working memory. Um, and people who have a fear of public speaking often call on previous experiences when worrying about future public speaking events. So this is probably why the prefrontal cortex is activated, because these people are thinking about all the times it's gone wrong in the past, <laughs> or they think it's gone wrong, and then their prefrontal cortex lights up, and it's a complete mess. Oh, I can totally relate to that, because in my high school years, I was really, really keen on being a leader, but I was actually very, very shy in high school. Um, so when it came to leadership speeches, I had been practicing the speech for months, and I was breaking it. So when it came to it, I was shaking, I could barely utter a few words, and it was just a horrible experience, and I, I vowed to never <laughs> public speak publicly ever again, and then a few years later got a job as a public speaker. <laughs> yes, so I, likewise, am not a, I, well, I'm still not, but I wasn't in high school, I was not a public speaking, confident person, <laughs> and I remember I used to sit there, and there was a few girls in particular, I went to an all-girls school for context, um, <laughs> there were a few girls in particular that did, like, really, really well, consistently on public speaking, and they just do this incredible job with it. And I would sit there and I'd be like, How are you how? doing this? You're so charismatic. And then I get Are there. they just the 25% who don't have any fear response? Or are they using some kind of special technique here? I well, think it might be that. I think Chloe's maths is off today because it would be 15%. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see that we are scientists. Oh yes, we know what we're talking about. We know maths. <laughs> this is why you're here. You know, to, to adjust me when necessary. Adjust your calculations. <laughs> we're working to 110 percent of the population. This is why I'm terrified about public speaking <laughs> because I say stuff like that. Yes. Anyway. As I was saying, there must be some kind of techniques that they're employing to make it less terrifying. So what are the techniques? Well, there was a study that actually used virtual reality. So they did four weekly 15-minute exposure therapy sessions with university students who had severe public speaking anxiety, and it showed that they actually had reduced anxiety after these exposure therapies. So the situation included, st included standing in front of an auditorium at a podium with a microphone with varying sizes of audience. And the improvement suggests that the more you do it, the easier it becomes, which is a lot easier said than done. <laughs> it sure is. I mean, it definitely, like most things, is practice makes perfect. So after that horrific experience in high school, um, I then also did a second major in science communication. And that kind of forced me to really get over myself and learn how to speak publicly and not humiliate myself. Um, and so that basically, that practice and reassurance that I wasn't going to make my fool of myself unless I really, really tried, um, definitely helped. Um, and I actually eventually got a job as an educator and that really honed in that, that those skills of just getting over that fear. I still get really nervous, but it's definitely helped just 
doing it more. Yeah, I found the same thing. So when I finished honours and I started PhD, I knew that public speaking was still a huge issue for me, especially after doing my final honours seminar and <laughs> shaking the whole way through it. No one could tell. No one. I'm sure they could. <laughs> I was an absolute wreck. So I knew I needed to get over it. So I took up work as an undergraduate tutor knowing that I would have to stand in front of a class every week to like 30 undergrad students and just talk at them and educate them. And it was so terrifying. (laughs) But do you know what? After 13 weeks a semester, by the end of it all, it just wasn't as stressful as it was at the beginning. It was still stressful, (laughs) but it wasn't as stressful. Well, I think, although that's fantastic, I don't think some people would be as willing to go through such radical exposure therapy as we are, because we we love that junky rush of adrenaline. Um, But there are a few other kind of popular techniques that people use to reduce their nerves. One of those famous ones is picturing your audience naked. Um, So I did that once, and it just was really, really disturbing, and it felt so wildly inappropriate, and it just actually made me more nervous, so I would say don't do that. I would also advise not. No. And then you get distracted because if there's like a cute guy in the room and it's just like, oh, is he naked? It's a, so don't do that. Um, but I actually c- did come across some really valuable um, tips from a social psychologist called Amy Cuddy. And her advice kind of influenced my whole educational career and work as an educator and marketing person in some of my previous jobs. Um, So she did a TED talk about power posing. So power posing is pretty straightforward. It's basically when you hold a particular type of pose for two or more minutes, your chemistry, your body's chemistry actually temporarily changes to produce increased levels of testosterone to match those poses. So testosterone is, you know, we kind of assume that that's a man hormone, but it's a hormone which translates into confidence. And it makes sense because usually when you are nervous, your body language is closed and you cross your legs and arms and you hunch and you don't make eye contact. But if you do the complete opposite and go against that instinct to close yourself up, your chemistry changes and you feel more confident. So before I did any talk, I would always, before the uh, the audience would arrive, I would stand alone in the room with my legs wide and arms (laughs) open. And it was pretty invigorating. Wow. I almost feel like we should do some power poses (gasps) now. I agree. I want a power pose. Okay. Who wants to power pose first? I feel like one of, we can take it in turns. I think that's a good idea. All right. Let's have a look at what the five major power poses are. So the first power pose is the superwoman. And I quite like this one. I feel like this is probably the one that I would use yeah. personally. And basically you have your legs kind of shoulder width apart, your hands on your hips, your chest is kind of puffed out. We're doing this right now. I, th- are, I think you guys should get involved as well. I feel like if you're not driving, if you're driving, please do not get involved. <laughs> but if you're not driving and you're just sitting at your desk, just... Just do it. Just spread your legs just a little bit. Spread them. <laughs> Put your hands you on your, your hips. You want your thighs to be only just kissing. You know, if, if, you've, if you've got lady thighs, they want to be just kissing. If, Mine if, are still touching. If you if can tell got, who's talking. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got, like, flamingo legs like myself, just just go for it. Just, just open them up. Okay, so thighs, shoulder width apart, hands on hips, chest puffed out. 
<gasps> and deep breaths. And I find it actually helps to like grunt at the same time. Like, I, it was instinctual oh, for me so just <laughs> I couldn't so help but grunt. go for it. So here we are doing the Superwoman pose. So this is just a really great one, quick and easy. And it's also good to actually do this while you're doing the talk. Because, yeah. I mean, unless you don't want to feel fan like I feel like it may be a little little much for during the talk, but I feel like just standing around, Hands it doesn't look too weird. Just, it's fine. Number two is the winner. So that's basically pretty self-explanatory. You just stand as if you've just won something. So arms in the air, legs hip width apart, and just and let flail out. them around. Just let it out. Let out a celebratory woo. <laughs> so that's the winner. That was pretty amazing. And it also gets the blood flowing as well. I think that's also yeah. part of the process. I feel I'm already Get feeling. Get that testosterone pumping. I feel really yeah. invigorated. Feel strong. Yeah. What's number three, Lily? Number three is the boss, which yeah. is actually similar to how I sit at work. I feel like we were sitting like this earlier. <laughs> we were, and this is how I sit on a daily basis. So you want to get your feet up on the desk in front of you or on like another chair and you want to cross those ankles so you want <laughs> legs straight out ankles crossed and then you want your hands behind the back of your head and you just want to lean back kind of just imagine like a really pretentious boss that you don't like but he's just he's just owning the place he's like he just, this is my office this is my desk this is my place i am the boss and it's it's very invigorating it really is number four the CEO. The CEO. Okay, so you kind of want to sit semi-slouched in your chair, but with your arm over the back of your chair. It's almost like you're hitting on someone. Next yeah, to like you. you're like really sleazy about it. How you doing? Like yeah, like a how you doing? Like yeah. your arms like just like lazily resting on the back of the arm. Yeah, it's almost like back you're trying arm, to like put your arm around someone. Yes. At a movie. Yes, you're doing the kids. The thing that kids do yeah. with like yawn, but you but you haven't made it all the way yet. Your arms just gently resting on the back of the chair. Yeah, that's good. And number five is the luma. So this is kind of Ooh. pretty intimidating, actually. I'm just gonna like stand up and get this. So you you're basically go for it. leaning on a table as if you're confronting someone. Like this is this is the interrogation. This is the interrogation part of the power pose and. I actually think I like that one almost the most. <gasps> I like it the least. It's, it's so too much aggressive. for me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's too much power for me. <gasps> Nothing's too much power. <laughs> I think that I'm definitely either the boss or the superwoman. I think I, I go between the two. I sit like, I use the boss pose on a daily basis purely out of just like convenience. It's just who you are. I am You're the boss. You're power posing anyway. I'm hashtag lady boss. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be on our Twitter profile soon. <laughs> oh yeah. To be fair, that is inspired by a really great Rachel Bloom song where she just sings hashtag Lady Boss and it's the <laughs> like, most re- it's so relatable. I'm also hearing that Vera Blue song, Lady, 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 Lady Powers. Exactly. Listen to that everyone while you're doing power poses before an interview or, not, or a speech, and I guarantee you, you will feel the power. I'm feeling I'm feeling so invigorated. Power. I kind of feel like I've had a hit of coffee. Yeah. Or just I'm feeling I'm great. Ready. I'm ready for the night, Lily. Like I just <laughs> I mean, we did power poses before the honors seminars at your suggestion. Yeah. And it the, worked. It we did, did it really did well. work. I mean, we were still I mean, scared, you, but I, you still beat me. <laughs> That's beside the point. I feel like 
it definitely helped. We we all got really we, great marks. We, yeah, we did. I don't think anyone could tell that we were really, really nervous. No, we I did it fine. before my PhD sem- um, seminars this year, right. actually. I had a bit of a moment where I was like, oh, I got this. Yeah. I'm a power yeah. woman. Yeah, it's good to like talk to, like Mr. T. You know? Yeah, you kind of like, get a bit of a gravel yeah. to your voice. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's all the testosterone. You, you know, have from to just really become become like that boss, yeah. you know. Like, Be the woman. Yeah. Be it. Be it. So this whole concept about power posing is actually quite similar to a therapy that's already in practice um, to actually to help and treat depression groups. Um, so it's something called laughing therapy. Have Which you heard I, of this? I kind of have, but I feel like we do this on a daily basis together. Yes, that's why we enjoy being with each other so much because it's <laughs> constantly laughing. And it's it's actually works. So what they do is they sit these people in a circle and everyone has to make eye contact like you can you can move your eye contact between people but you have to basically just start laughing just voluntarily (laughs) 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 and eventually it becomes so ridiculous and funny that you start laughing for real um and it goes on for a few minutes and just the levels of happiness just increase so much just from that little laughing session. That is so great. I want to have laughing therapy implemented in my office. I really want just <laughs> like once a before week. Before the 9am Wednesday meeting. Before the 9am Wednesday meeting at 8.50, we all just go sit in the room and we just laugh. We hear this hysterical laughing turning into crying. <laughs> <laughs> Setting a scene for the meeting. Laughing and crying. <laughs> Hysterically. Hysterically laughing and crying. You can also do that um, using a pencil. If you put a pencil between your teeth, it forces you to use the same muscles as you would when you smile. And that can also increase your confidence before um, speaking and, oh. yeah, basically anything. And your happiness. So That is fascinating. Yeah, it's a really, really fascinating field of research. So that's my basic tips. Do we have any other tips that we know about? Well, I'm not as well versed as Chloe at being a public speaker, and the power woman poses were new to me last year, so <laughs> I kind of developed a few different tips for myself that I kind mm-hmm. of worked off of before that. So I had to accept that it's normal to be nervous. Yeah, 100%. Because it, I felt like I was the only one who was absolutely bricking it, but yeah. actually... Everyone was. When you realise that everyone is in the exact same boat and also that the audience doesn't care. Yes. That really helps. Yeah. That was also a big thing for me was when I, especially when I was in high school and undergrad and I was like, oh, no one's going to remember this. Exactly. After like 20 minutes. Yeah. Especially in a classroom setting, no one's really listening, to be honest. And that's a really good training ground, I think. If you're at university, pick up some communication units because that will really help your public speaking in the future. Definitely. And then also to make sure you make eye contact with as many people as possible. So I feel like when you make eye contact with one person... It it, becomes uncomfortable. It's too intimate. (laughs) But if you make eye contact with lots of random people... Especially if it's the cute guy that you're imagining naked. Yes, don't do that. Don't do that. That, That's really too too personal (laughs) then. That connection's too strong. But if you make eye contact with lots of different people, it gives the appearance of being really confident and self-assured. But actually you're just avoiding making eye contact with as many people as possible. Yeah. But just just jumping from so person to person. It's like once again convincing yourself that you're confident by making eye contact. Yeah, and convincing the audience because if they think you're confident, then you're confident. Then you might <laughs> as well be confident. Do you know what I mean? And then something that's particularly pertinent to me is speak at a pace slower than you think you should be speaking. So 
unusually slow. Unusually With slow. With lots of pregnant pauses. Very pregnant. Heavily. Nine months. <laughs> and I guess that sums up our tips for you today. <laughs> so that's us for today. Um, basically, brainwave number three is power pose. Power pose all the way. Be the boss. Boss lady. Or man. <laughs> we don't discriminate. We're just both women, so we use that as our example. But be whatever you want to be. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Cognitio Podcast, and tweet us using the hashtag, hashtag Cognitio Podcast, and we'll see all of your tweets. And for now, all that's left to say is... Bye! Bye! Bye.